Hey, it's Chef Carla, and welcome to Show Up Fully. This is a podcast about how we cook, how we eat, and how we show up in our real lives. If you don't know me, I'm a food stylist, photographer, health coach, and mama, and I'm also the founder of Poppy Seed Society. It's an online wellness and business studio and co-working space. You can find me at Chef Carla underscore C and more information in today's show notes. Today's guest is Sarah Copeland, and I am so, like, my heart is just bursting to talk to her. We have been friends online on Instagram for literally years. She is a mama and an entrepreneur and a cookbook author and like the list just goes on. It's so much more. So Sarah, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and how you serve the world. Thank you, Carla. It is so good to be here. Well, I love this question. How do you serve the world? I mean, it actually really got me thinking because on paper, I'm a cookbook author as well. I'm a, a writer, a photographer, and like you said, a mother. But how I serve the world, I think, happens most through my relationship with um, how how I see women in this world, how I see working mothers specifically. I think I really connect with them. And I'm really interested in serving women and girls and in the way that we treat our bodies and the way that we eat and the way that we nourish ourselves and our loved ones. Um, and there's so much around that. So I love talking about that. I'm the author of two, I'm the author of four books, but two recent books. Every Day is Saturday came out last June. Um, Instant Family Meals, my newest book came out two weeks ago. And so there's a lot of energy around those two books right now. Um, and I also have a website and I'll tell you all about that. I love it. And you know, actually, you know, from Instagram, from one of our first conversations that I have I actually have a stack of your cookbook. I can't remember the name of it right now. But Feast that's- or the Newlywed Cookbook are my first the two. Newlywed. Right. The Newlywed Cookbook. Okay. <laughs> so the newly, I wanted to remember the title of it. I, when I worked at ICE, Institute of Culinary Education, they were moving and I literally bought every single copy of that Newlywed Cookbook. <laughs> and I, give those away as gifts. That's like, amazing. Thank you so much for doing that and supporting welcome. me in that way. It's a, you know, that was a really fun first book to write because people really connect with it. And I get, I still get notes from people. The book is 10 years old. I still get notes from people who say that they give it to everyone that gets married or that's how they, you know, them and their spouse or partner learn to cook together. So it, that is a really good feeling to know that something I worked on 10 years ago, even though I've evolved so much, that that really still has impact in the world. So that makes me super happy. I love it. And I love supporting you. You know, I love, and we'll get the best at that. (laughs) (laughs) We love your cookbook. So we'll get into those. But I want to ask you, what was your last meal? My last meal? Well, I had the last meal I just ate. Yeah. Okay. So I had um, steel cut oats this morning that my husband actually made for me. This is a new thing. He's been making breakfast for like a week straight because I have been cooking every meal our family eats for 10 years straight. And so for the last three days or four days, maybe he's been getting up and cooking steel cutouts and um, making them porridge style in either the instant pot or the rice cooker. And I had it this morning, like flopsy mopsy style with, with blackberries and honey and milk on top. I was tempted. I had half and half in the fridge and I was tempted to pour a little half and half on it because it's really cold here. It just got really cold overnight and I'm a warm breakfast person for sure. 
I love breakfast. I'm a, I love breakfast, period. I love breakfast, too. I love that. And it's so heartwarming to hear the flopsy mopsy. <laughs> we just got two bunnies. My children just got bunnies. Um, baby Holland Lot bunnies that are 10 weeks old. And so everything to me is a bunny reference right now. <laughs> That's, so cute. That's so cute. What is a tip? And, and this may not even have like a an answer to it. Because you do so many different things. And I know being a food stylist and a photographer myself, that I don't have a typical day. But I'm going to ask you that question. Right. What does a typical day look like in your world? Well, I think you're right that, you know, it's always a little different. There's always a, a quite a big variation in a day. But I would say we as a family, we always start, my kids actually now get up before us, which is just started recently, we just crossed the threshold into big kid land. So I have a five year old and a 10 year old, just turned five and just turned 10 this year. And so they get up a like, I would say half an hour to an hour before us, and they know where they can like help themselves to there's always fruit bowls. So they can help themselves to an apple or clementine or applesauce or something healthy while they wait. And then we have breakfast as a family sit down breakfast every day. This is not a pandemic new thing for us. We've always it's really important to me to have a sit down proper meal together as a family. And the way that some people are really dedicated to that at dinner time, for us, breakfast is that like magical, hopeful time. So, and the breakfast nook in our house is my favorite, favorite place. It's where I'm sitting right now. It's just like cozy. I can see all of our neighbors' houses and like our barn. Anyway, so breakfast is our special time. And then everyone scooches off to their, either their homeschool I have my five-year-old is now going two days a week to a physical kindergarten, which has been great. And those those two days, Mondays and Tuesdays, are my power days. So I either shoot, I develop, I write a lot. Um, I like to I like to start my day out by sitting down at my big calendar. I have this giant calendar, and it's a specific calendar that it has on it. Um, Monday through Friday, and then the weekends are broken out into a different section. It has a gratitude list, a prayer list, a um, goal of the week, a word of the week. And then there's some sections that say like, how are we going to refresh ourselves this weekend? And what are my big tasks and chores for this week? And then what's my like bonus project if I can get to it? So it breaks it up. And I just started using this about five weeks ago. And it's been a real game changer for me because I can tend to be very responsive to like emails or text messages. I'm like, okay, I'll launch right into that. And then get and forget what the plan was, right, for the day. So instead, now I sit down at my calendar in the morning. I focus on my three main goals of the day, three things that have to get done before um, either family time again or I have to take someone to ballet or, you know, voice lessons or guitar or whatever it is. So I really work from about 10 to 3 every day, except for Wednesdays and Fridays, which are my homeschool days with the kids, which I'm just with them all day. Um, trying to squeeze in a few things, maybe like in the afternoon, but mostly focus on family time. So, you know, like you said, it's different every day, but I think, I think that there are, you know, there have been a lot of shooting days lately where I'm shooting and photographing um, either something for a client project, like a partner project, or for a magazine story, or a web story, or uh, for my own website. Uh, and of course, I love shooting days. I love shooting days. But then there's always three or four days of catching up afterwards on everything else, as you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As you know. I'm going to ask you, how 
or at least maybe three, and it could be more, ways that you show up. And this could be in your business. This could be with your family. This could be as an entrepreneur. This could be literally for yourself. Um, And I'm really interested in your answers to that question of how you show up. I love that question. Well, I love that I'm I'm your first guest on Show Up Fully because Show Up Fully has been so, so important to me. Like, there are a lot of things I want to do. I, you would, you could say I'm a multi-faceted entrepreneur, or a, you know, um, someone who can't really just decide on one thing. And I, and I do a lot of different things. But what I choose to do right now on this day or this week, I only am going to do it if I can show up fully, like you said. So the ways I, I'd say the three top ways I'm showing up. One thing that's really the first thing that popped into my head, and one thing that's really important to me is mentorship. And I've always had one to two young women who either come to me to work for me as an intern or an assistant or reach out to me via Instagram or, um, you know, an old family connection or something. And more recently, um, during the Black Lives Matters um, resurgence of energy around making sure that we're really sharing all of our networks and all of our information and all of our conversations between our whole community, um, I've, I've taken on another mentor. So I really like that I can spend a good portion of my week helping and mentoring and chatting with young women who really want to follow along the same steps. I remember being, I remember like it was yesterday, being 18 and 20 and 23 and 25 and wanting to have a family and wanting to have a business and wanting all of those things and not knowing what the next steps were. And I didn't, ha- I had a lot of incredible women share with me. There was no one who actually did what I thought I wanted to do. And there was no direct path. And I think that sharing and learning from each other is just so essential. So that's, that for me, it's almost one of my biggest priorities. And I would say, even though I have a 10 year old daughter, um, who I'm very, very close with, and we spent a lot of time talking about all kinds of things under the sun. It's almost like taking on these, like, like a niece or something, like a, a, a person that becomes very important to me. And while I frankly can't like nourish or nurture their career for the entirety of their career, because then there's someone else might come and say, I really need your help. And I feel called to it. I like that for a short period in their time, in their life and in my life, we can really connect and work together on some specific goals for that young woman. Um, So right now there are like three women that I talk to semi-regularly that I'm working with and, or just answering questions for and and listening to. And that's really important to me. And that's, I think that's one of my hallmarks of, of showing up in in our business. It also means that there's other things I have to say no to and that I can't do because those are hours I'm, setting aside for somebody else, but I think it's super important. Um, A second way I show up definitely for my family. I mean, I'm such a mama. Like I, I've always dreamed, I always dreamed of having a big family. I only was blessed with two children and I love them dearly. And I like to, you know, my, my happiest days are like a house full of kids. You know, we're baking, we're making something, we're creating something. And I think just really being available to my family has been super important to me in the last few years, especially. I worked right away when Greta was 10 weeks old, I, I was editing my first book. And so I pretty much worked from, from the time she was 10 weeks old, like full time until a few years ago when I scaled back. 
And now I work, I would say three solid weekdays and then like half, half to a full day on the weekend when my husband's available and he'll like take them hiking or whatever. And then I, I catch up on that in that period of time. So, you know, just being present with my kids, whether it's hiking with them or homeschooling them or doing a project or baking or, you know, snuggling, whatever it is, just being there for them. Um, And number three, I think my community. I mean, this ebbs and flows right now in my little community. I think I try to help my friends and my neighbors as much as I can. Um, There's less personal contact at the moment, you know. So there were many, many years where I was volunteering in soup kitchens and things like that regularly. And now just obviously it's a little bit harder to do those things. So I'm trying to show up in different ways, Um, but just trying to help my fellow entrepreneurs in my community, whether they're like on fire and, and rocking it and I'm just cheering them on or they're struggling or they have questions or I mean, I think showing up for your community can be so many things. It can it can be serving in a soup kitchen. It can be making sure you donate all your really, you know, high quality winter boots and coats to somewhere where you know kids are going to use it. It can be simply going out for brunch with your family and supporting a new local business. I think showing up for a community to me has such an instant feedback because you watch this group of people that you're very intimate with grow and thrive and flourish. And I'm in a kind of part of the part of the country or part of the part of New York state where a lot of people came here to start over after living in New York city. And so the joy in watching people reinvent and succeed is so beautiful. I love that, Sarah. I love all of it. And I think that it's so important and I really want to highlight the mentorship piece because this is also something that I do as well. And I feel like, is a very important part, not only of like the cooking world, because there is like a hierarchy, like kitchens with mentorship. But I think in, in terms of business and supporting young people in their journeys, it's an incredible thing to be able to give back. And I think that you putting that at the forefront is such a, it's such an incredible thing. I think that you're the first person on the podcast to talk about mentorship. Oh, that's amazing. You know, it's funny because sometimes I'll get an email and I'm on deadline and I will I will know that I'm going to get myself behind if I take the time to answer that email. But my first priority in my heart is answer that email because someone might just be like in that moment where they're struggling, like, what is it? What is happening? This doesn't make sense. What's next for me? And that place of like angst and worry and when you're 20 and then, you know, you're 15 years down the road and you're like, it all works out. It all works out. Like you're going to do exactly what you're meant to do. You're going to meet the right person. You know, it's all, it all, everything is going to be okay. But when you're in the middle of that, I think it's just such an amazing opportunity to be trusted, number one. And it really lights me up. So, and the other thing is, is I, I think I still have the like spark and heart of a 20 something year old girl, but I'm not anymore. And so those young ladies bring a lot of energy to me too. They, they return, they reciprocate, you know, just exuberance and like opportunity. And it's really fun to see that they're fearless. And I was fearless and I'm less fearless now than I used to be. I thought you were supposed to get more fearless, but I was totally fearless in my twenties. You know, maybe I'm more cautious is the word, but I love that. I love to be around people in that age bracket and, 
I saw women who were intimidated by that and put off by that, who were really successful and they were almost cruel to people like that. And I just want to represent the exact opposite of that, of, of like, keep going, keep striving. Like, even if you eclipse me and everything you do, that's great. That's wonderful because I, I will enjoy watching that. I will enjoy watching your, your like sunrise. You know what I mean? So I think, I just think that's, I think that's maybe one of the things I was put on this earth to do. Oh, so beautiful, Sarah. I'm going to ask you a question about Instagram. Yeah. I notice that there are days that there are no stories or there are no posts and you're, your business, you're doing, you know, your cookbooks, you have, you're on the Food Network app, like you're doing all of these things, but there's almost, and this is my interpretation as a person that's part of your community, but there's almost like this permission to pause and live your life in your account. Yeah, it's that's like, good. That's like, that's my interpretation of it. It's like, um, I'm running a business. I'm a mom. I'm doing all these other things. I'm shooting. I'm filming. I'm creating recipes. I might be gone for a while and I'll be back. Right. I'm so glad you feel that. And I'm so glad that that's how you interpret it because there were times when I was just on all the time and I really realized like how much I never want my kids to see me with my phone in my hand. I want them to understand that mama has work and that they respect it and they they truly honor it. They have grown to truly, truly honor. When they see my camera out or when they see my computer out, um, that signifies something I'm making. I'm totally making. But I'll be honest, when my phone is out, I might be making, but I might be consuming. And I don't want to raise consumers. I want to raise creatives. I want to raise people who contribute to the world and not just consume everybody else's contributions. And so having that realization of my daughter is now at the age where she could any day ask me for a phone. And once it's there, it's, it's a runaway train. I, when they're, when they're around and I don't want them to see my head down in the phone. And so I can be on Instagram when it's a strategic part of my business and, or there's just something so beautiful and fun. I want to share, you know, sometimes it's just like, you're so happy and you're watching your kids play and you pick up your phone and you're like, that was just so beautiful. And you just, it just comes from a place of joy. You just want to share it with someone. And like my mom and my sister, they live across the country and they, they look at my Instagram stories. So I'm sharing it for everybody. And I'm also sharing it for them. You know, I'm sharing it for people to have the knowledge that it's okay to just have a regular life some days that you're not like, especially now with COVID, it's interesting because I think there used to be this period where you wanted to be like, you know, here's me showing up at the cool new restaurant. Here's me having drinks with these influential people. Here's me doing this and that. And I, I mean, I hate that our country is going through this horrible thing. And I also appreciate that we're all starting to say, what really matters here? You know, and it's safety and health and, and people being nourished enough and, you know, relationships and all of it. So I do, you know, this, this is getting long winded, but the one thing I wanted to share was that when I was in the magazine world for 15 years, I remember when I decided to leave Real Simple, I was the food director there and that was a really great job. It was a phenomenal opportunity. I had a lot of influence and, you know, I was like in the mix. It felt good. 
But when my son was born and I had really waited a long time to get pregnant with my second, it wasn't easy for us. And I really wanted to be super present for him. And we decided to move upstate. And I was talking to Lucinda Scala Quinn, who's one of my favorites, favorites ever. She wrote um, Mad Hungry, the Mad Hungry franchise. She has three beautiful boys that she's incredibly close with and a beautiful marriage. And she was at Martha Stewart forever. But she said to me, she said, people are going to come to you and ask you when you leave and you go and you live your life, they're going to come and ask you how to do it. You are giving other women permission to take your time and make the steps that work to prioritize your family. And I'll never forget that because she was totally right. I got hundreds and hundreds of texts and emails and DMs in the next two years saying, I think I want to leave this crazy world. I think I want to be more present with my kids. I think I want to move out of the city. I think I want to this, that, and the other. How do you do it? How did you do it? You know, and of course, I don't have the answers. I can just tell you what we did and yeah. and what we trusted in. But it really, like Lucinda was saying to me, you know, your path is is deep and authentically you. And also recognize that you are opening doors for other people to feel okay doing certain things. And to me, that's super important because how scary is it to think that if you step away, there's no place for you when you come back? That's a horrible idea for women. And right yeah. now we're, we're in the thick of that with COVID. We're in the thick of, I think, something like, you know, out of the jobs lost because of COVID, the, the, it's something like 67%. I don't want to misquote it. But the amount of people losing their jobs because of COVID are women. It's women. And... You know, it's a scary thing in any time to feel that if you step away for a minute, if you catch your breath, if you pick up that crying baby, if you go to your kid's field trip, that there's no place for you. That's horrible. That's horrible. I don't want anyone to feel that. I don't want anyone to believe it. And I want us to keep fighting against it. Even if my fight isn't a really big, loud vocal fight, it's a more subtle, quiet, I'm going to do this and I'm going to find my path forward through it, during it, after it, you know, my kids will be, you know, in 10 years, they'll both be out of the house. I'll have plenty of time to create whatever I want to create. And I don't believe that there won't be a space for me then. I can't believe that. And I don't want anyone to believe that. So powerful, Sarah. So powerful. I want to talk about, I think that um, I want to wrap this up with your cookbooks and especially your newest cookbook, because when I, okay. So people know from listening to this podcast that I'm obsessed with your cookbooks, but, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but like everyday Saturday, I, I've cooked from everyday Saturday repeatedly. Some of those have become my family favorites. Of course I'm a chef and have like hacked them into my own submission, but <laughs> opened up instant family meals I was like oh my god this is so Sarah this is it literally because I've been part of your community for so long it just felt like you I don't know like I know that it came out really quickly like literally right after 
every day is Saturday. So how I want to like, I want to know a little bit about the behind the scenes of like how this came together so quickly. And I do have an Instabot question for you. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for saying that about instant family meals, like edible living. I mean, um, every day Saturday, my last book felt so much the embodiment of our life that I felt instinctually that I would just have a long pause after that. Um, I didn't plan on doing another book right away because that just felt like I told our story and it's all out here and it's still very relevant and it will be relevant five years from now. And this is what we're cooking. Boom. But I got back from book tour. It was freezing out. It like snowed in October. Both of my kids started school. This was last fall. Both of my kids started school. And, um, you know, I had two kids going to two different schools Things were getting, I was like really heating up with my work again because now my son was starting full-time preschool. So I'm like, oh, I can take on a lot more work. There was just a lot going on. My oven was kind of on the fritz, all these things. And then Raquel Pazell from Clarkson Potter reached out to me and she's like, you know, we want to write an Instant Pot book, but I think it needs to be like, you know, really different from other ones. And it feels like you would be the person to bring... Um, a real point of view to this. That's, that's like, you can make really healthy, fresher feeling food that doesn't feel like appliance cooked food, you know? Yeah. Um, and I really sat on that. I was like, huh, that I, I never pictured that for myself, really, if I'm being honest. Um, but let me, let me sit with that for a few days. And I like, you know, I had an instant pot, I got another one. I like just started going at it. I just tried all these crazy things. And I was like, this is fun and amazing. And I'm doing these like really flavorful hot dinners every night of the week. And people are my people, quote unquote, my family, my people are loving it. You know, they're loving having borscht and, and tiki masala and, you know, chacho pepe risotto and like really delicious flavorful hot meals every night. Um, And I'm loving that I can set it and run out and shoot something totally different for two hours and come back and check on it. And it's like, I can even have a coconut turmeric rice for lunch on a winter day that took me no time to make. Um, so I just dove right in and I wrote it re- in a really concentrated, I took it, you know, less than a year to write it. I had testers all over the country, 28 testers testing wow. all over the country. 28? Really, really like I wanted everything to be tested and retested and retested and cross-tested and the only way to do that was to just get a lot of people all across the country and, and, you know, and reporting back on everything from what they can find in their local market to their flavor profiles. And, you know, it was a fun and super intense and very, very challenging project. And I can say I lost a lot of sleep last year. <laughs> um, you know, I, I could tell that my self-care like Slightly went out the window, but the result is is a tool that I think families can really count on in this super tough environment we're in. You know, with winter coming, everybody hunkering down again, a lot of people at home trying to homeschool and be a working parent while being, you know, while watching their children or Zoom schooling their kids. We're just being asked a lot of right now. And I think this is a truly a, a tool that can help families and busy families really succeed at least one part of it, which is keeping your family well and nourished and like a, in a way that can be celebratory, you know, that you can make something that looks and that feels super easy and simple. But like, if you sit down to a, a beautiful kimchi stew and you're like, oh, we can't go to our favorite Korean restaurant right now, but we can 
make this at home. It's, it's not as hard as I made it out to be in my head. I love that. And I love the accessibility of it because, especially because of the time I feel like, and I'm a mother of two as a mother of two, I feel like I am busier or at least my schedule is much fuller than it has ever been. Yeah. I feel very full with what's on my plate. So I feel like being able to turn something on and to set it and forget it makes my life so much easier. And it makes me as a mother happier that I can feed my kids something that I know will nourish them. Like that's cool. That's the whole point of this, right? Like, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, I think there are people who bought into slow cookers a long time ago and still stuck with them. Um, and so there, and there are slow cooker recipes in this book as well. But I think there are also people who just never did and were like, that's, that's not my thing. And the interesting thing about the Instant Pot, it's kind of a bridge between the people who thought they were set it and forget it people and the people like me and you probably who are like, you know, French trained, a la minute, like I want fresh, beautiful food. I cook every night fresh. We don't eat leftovers kind of thing. But I need a break here. And I still want to eat these beautiful meals, but I need a break. And this is this is kind of the bridge across between those two people. It kind of kind of serves everybody. Oh, I can totally identify with the fresh cooked. I think for a while when my kids were a little bit smaller. It was every single thing had to be like the broccoli, the chicken, the fish, like everything had to be cooked perfectly, especially for my daughter. She would not even touch a leftover. She's like, it's not fresh mama. (laughs) It's not. And I'm like, how do you have the vocabulary for this? Right, right. How? I know. And, you know, if, if, you know, those kids who have had fresh veggies and fresh, bright, vibrantly green things their whole life, you know, and then they have something that's cooked. And reheated and it's like slightly off green, you know, it's, it can be a very hard sell. So I worked really hard on making sure, you know, when you, when you cook in an instant pot and you're sealing that lid, there's no oxygen in there. And so I made sure that all the color and the vibrancy is a stirring at the end that you just wilt or is a gremolata that goes on top that just takes, you know, about two minutes to make so that there, so you can still have that fresh looking, feeling meal without a lot of extra work. I love that. I love that. I have a question about cleaning because I know this is a thing. I and I want to ask and I want to make sure that people understand it too. Like cleaning the like ring. The ring. It's important. Like, what do we do? So the first like six months I used the Instant Pot, I mean, I never cleaned the ring. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like never get sturdy. I just rinsed everything and put the, put the liner in the dishwasher. But then I started cooking, you know, more into the winter, I started cooking more cauliflower and things that have like a stinky after smell. And that ring, because it's plastic, it will or silicone, I should say, it will absorb flavor after a while. So if you you won't notice at the beginning, but then you'll notice it. So you can you can just slip that right off and dishwash it. You can slip almost all the parts off and dishwash it and you can dishwash the lid. The only thing you don't want to put in the dishwasher, obviously, is the base, which is the electrical part. Yeah. The other thing is, is that at, like, I'm sure there are people who have been diehard with 
instant pressure cookers and multi-cookers for years. And after a while, you will have to replace that ring. You can just order a replacement ring, probably after two years, if you're, if you're using it every week repeatedly. Um, you can replace that. It's just a, a quick replacement. But I just slip it off, wash it. But when you put it back in, make sure you put it back in and it seals. It like goes into the lip. There's a metal ring. It goes in. And you yeah. have to make sure it's sealed. It, it goes in there. It's it's not like tight. It just slips right in. And then when you put it on and you close it, you'll know because if you try to pressure cook something again on, on like high pressure, if if the steam is coming out the side of the pot instead of the steam vent, then you know you haven't done it right. You need to just quickly take it off and resituate it. So cool. You know, I'm not a YouTuber. I should be. But there are tons <laughs> of YouTube videos like really topical that introduce every little last thing you need to know about the Instant Pot. And I even write in the beginning of my book, here's the how-to to get started. Here are like the things you need to know. And here's what you need to know if you're a beginner. And here's what you need to know if you've already used it a few times. But I still say for visuals, go to YouTube because there's nothing more, you know, fundamentally clear than just watching someone do it. I love it. I love it. I want to see a YouTube video of you doing this. <laughs> I need to get on YouTube. <laughs> Maybe it's an IGTV video. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll do that. That's a good idea. That's amazing. I love talking to you. This was so great. Thank you. I'm going to ask you how we can find you on social, how we can support you. I know that you have a journal. Yes. Um, Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So I do have a journal. I wasn't an early blogger because I was always, I was always writing recipes for magazines and big brands. So I only started a few years ago and I love it. I just love sharing things that don't go in my books or extra things or like specific holiday things is kind of one of my favorite things. So if you go to edibleliving.com, you'll find all my books and links right away for how to buy my books, whether you want to buy it on Amazon or a book depository or Powell's, or you want to support a local bookstore, it's available everywhere. Then if you go to edibleliving.com slash journal, that's all my recipes and stories and photographs you can grab. There's also my videos around my site. There's a whole bunch of things. And then both of my books, my mo- most two recent books and my original book. So Instant Family Meals Every Day is Saturday and the Newlywed Cookbook are all available on Amazon you can even get a few copies of Feast. That's my second book. It's vegetarian, but it's out of print. But sometimes you can find a copy. And that, that I love that book. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook at, at Edible Living. But Instagram and Pinterest are my favorite. That's where I spend most of my energy. They're your jam. I, yeah, I, visual. I love your Pinterest, too. <laughs> I love your Pinterest, too. Oh, thank I you. Mean- it's so fun. I am so grateful for you. I just want to just take a moment and thank you because I know that you just do so much in the world and I am so appreciative of your time. So thank you again, Sarah. Likewise, Carla. You're you're so amazing. You always respond with the knowledge you have whenever I have a question and I appreciate so much that you're so willing to share and you're not you're not holding your secrets for your success only and I love that about you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And whoever is listening to this and has taken the time, I appreciate you. If you can, please rate, review, and subscribe, especially on iTunes. And definitely go check out Sarah's books. And in the journal, I'm going to give you a pro tip. 
There is does it brown does it blondie? Oh, does yes. it blondie? You need to go in there and you need to just like do a search of Blondie and thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) The title of that post is called Yes, Blondie. Yes, Blondie. You need that in your life. I am sending you and yours love. Take care. Bye.